Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're going to talk with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Of course, it's the week of National Letter of Intent Day, National Signing Day, the biggest week in college football. Yeah, you can talk about the championship game. You can talk about all that, but signing day, that's where it's at. You find out the new crop. Every team gets a lot better. 25 new players come on, and everyone's excited. It's a great time of year. It's the busiest time of year for us at uscfootball.com. So we want to talk about that with and coach's experience on National Signing Day. So we're going to talk to him and answer your questions about the USC football team. If you have any questions for us, email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Or you go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. All of our contact information is there if you want to call and leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. We have all that on there. Because Signing Day is Wednesday, very busy day, we're going to likely do a recruiting podcast either maybe even later today or tomorrow with Gerard Martinez. That will be for uscfootball.com subscribers only. And if you're out there and you want to, if you're in the Los Angeles area on National Signing Day, we are currently planning to have a little get-together uh, at the lab uh, starting at 11 a.m. The lab is right next to the Galen Center across the street from the USC campus. So uh, USC will have a press conference later in the afternoon. So during the day, during the afternoon, just come out, meet with some USC fans. You'll have your computer up there and follow along on National Signing Day. We might broadcast live uh, from the lab, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, just come out. You just order whatever food you want, just like it's a restaurant there. So we'll just kind of hang out. I'll have some T-shirts and cups to give out, too. So should be a fun thing. You can check out. We'll put more information up this week uh, today on uscfootball.com. So, and without, you know, hopefully you can come out there and see us. Coach, I don't know if you're going to be able to make it out there, but we'd love to, uh, we'd love to see you on National Signing Day. Like to be there, Ryan, but I can't be there. I like to just hang out and follow it completely. Not only just USC, but I like to follow all the schools in the Pac-12 and nationally and form my own opinions on uh, who's getting a good class and did they fill their needs and who, uh, you know, who's, who's really made themselves better and what kids are overlooked and, uh, you know, all of the above. And, uh, that's a huge day for me, Ryan. I tell you, it's, it's, that's the most exciting day. I know uh, playing and winning big games are exciting. But, you know, when you have a great recruiting year, it's exciting, but you've had a great recruiting year that's going to help you for four years. That's a lot of games. So I used to sit in front of the, the, the fax machine and watch him come through, and we'd go to the big board and cross a name off, where if someone went somewhere else, we'd move down one and call and hope that, we could get someone there to, to change their mind or, or they were waiting already saying, coach, I haven't sent in the national letter of intent to the other school, but if something comes up, I want to come to your school. It's just great. It's an exciting, tiring, exhausting day. But it's, uh, the end of two or three year process of evaluation, recruiting, home visits, the whole thing, campus visit, everything into one day and uh it all comes down and and i remember what i used to do and i don't want to make this a the whole show but i used to uh tell my staff you got the whole week off go out 
I'll be in the office. I'll take care of all the phone calls. Relax. Get with your family. But they haven't been with their family on the weekend or any time. Do you what you have to do. And when we come back, we'll get ready, of course, with uh, spring practice coming around. So yeah, it's an awesome time. And, Ryan, I want to say this, too. I missed you last week, buddy. We didn't do our podcast, and I actually missed it. I missed it, too, Coach. I was actually traveling down to uh, Costa Rica for my mother's uh, 70th birthday. So it took a little vacation during recruiting time, which isn't the greatest time because, like you said, this is really busy. It's a busy time. Uh, not for just for the coaches and, and everyone, the families of the recruits and all that, but for the people that cover it too, because there's a lot going on. So I, uh, I apologize for that, but we're back. And, uh, so if you have, if you guys have questions for us going forward, it'll be post signing day shows, questions about players. Coach looks at a lot of the players and stuff and he can give you his thoughts and all that. And wanted to thank our sponsor before we jump into the questions and, and talking more about signing day. Uh, Southern California Tickets has been with us for many, many years. SCTickets.com is the website, or you can call them at 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for anything here in Southern California or across the country. SCTickets.com. Great resource there. T- tell Curtis that Coach sent you, and uh, hopefully he'll, he'll talk you up a little bit and say hello, and you can tell him you listen on the Peristyle Podcast. That'd be cool. Um, Coach, so, so signing day is kind of crazy. I know you get to talk to coaches now i mean you know the coach you know current coaches that are doing it um you mentioned the fax machines you know that's what you were doing when you were a head coach <laughs> they're still using the fax machines which seems a little out of date but they keep doing it that way um and yeah maybe some good stories or anything that you've heard recently some some changes from the times that that you've done when you know you were recruiting to now of course the internet's a lot bigger and uh, a, a huge part of recruiting but maybe some good stories or anything about signing day from your experience or coaches you've talked to recently about what they've been doing yeah first of all you have more than one fax machine you never want the line to be busy okay oh nice okay so <laughs> that's old so school what too. you do huh <laughs> that's old school too it's man <laughs> yeah you, you have three or four of them or five of them as many as you can get on that line with the same number because you never know a guy tries to send in his national letter of intent and the line's busy well all of a sudden he might change his mind so you have three or four of them going, and uh, you keep taking them out and feeding them in and and uh, keep it going. Now, when we were able to recruit, we could have assistant coaches on the road. What I mean by that, I would position, I would stay in the office, and I'd be like sort of uh, the boardroom where we had everything there with a couple of my graduate assistants, and we would have coaches in homes. You could not go in a home. You could not sign until 7 a.m. in the morning, okay? The morning of local time, wherever they might be in the country. And we'd have coaches there with the ones that we wanted to really sign. And, and they would make sure they had a copy of the National Letter of Intent, and they would go in. And sometimes there'd be two or three coaches going in. So they've changed that. And there would be not all locations, but people bending the rule a little bit as far as getting there at 6.30 but maybe not being able to sign till 7 or getting there at 5 and locking the door and not letting you in so they couldn't sign till 7 so we used to have to try to outsmart the other coaches as far as like sometimes hiding the kid out now what I mean by that the night before that kid goes to a hotel with his parents and stays there so the other coach comes in the morning to go to the house to ring the doorbell. There's nobody at home. So 
there's all those things we used to have to do in order to follow the rules and regulations. So it's a little bit different now. It's a lot easier now because you don't have to do that and you don't apply additional pressure as you did uh, then at that time. Not that I want to call it pressure, but you had to be on top of your toes. You had to find out ways. And, and uh, I'll tell you a story once. I remember, I think I've told you the story. I know his name was uh, Tony Gladden. He was a great receiver uh, for uh, San Mateo High School. And we were up there recruiting, and I remember it was between us and San Diego State. And when we went in the home, he told me he was going to go to San Diego State. I said, well, that you know, uh, that would be great, but that's not the best thing for you. I know you and your family, and, and I know that it's better for you to come to UNLV. Well, after we had dinner there and the whole thing happened, he said, Coach, you're probably right. I'm more comfortable with you and so on. So uh, I, I want to come to UNLV. I said, I think that's a great idea, but let's tell them right now at San Diego State so they don't try to change your mind. And they said, well, I don't know if we can do that, Coach. We'll do it when you leave. I said, no, 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 no. We'll do it now. <laughs> so I dialed the number, and they called down there, and I said, here, now you tell them. And then uh, Mrs. Gladney, make sure you tell them, get on the phone and say, please respect our decision, and please don't call Tony anymore. So I sat right there, and they dialed him, and he came on the phone. I can't remember who the head coach was at San Diego State then. And uh, he says, I've changed my mind. I'm going to UNLV. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And then I said, okay, now, Miss Gladney, tell him, tell him, tell him. So she got on and says, we really like you, but we want you. We've been confused. We really have always wanted to go to UNLV. So please don't call us anymore. We appreciate it very, very much. And they hung up. That's what you got to do. It's called dotting the I because you know who was going to call the minute I walked out of the house because they knew I had a home visit. It was going to be who? San Diego State. And they were going to try to turn them around. So you had to make sure you had to close properly and you had to know who the person was who that kid was going to ask for help. And so that's the person. going to say, what do you what do you think? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. And Terrell it, Davis. When I recruited Terrell Davis, it was the equipment man at Lincoln High School that was his spokesman, is the one he talked to all the time. So I didn't. I had to recruit the equipment man, <laughs> and I recruited him. And when Terrell Davis asked him where to go to school, he told him. So you got to identify all those things. That's hilarious, Coach. Um... Yeah, that's uh, it's it's funny. It's like an art. It's not an exact science. And I think you have certain coaches that are better at certain things. And and whatever school you're at, there's you know there's things you can talk about for the school. And you know sometimes it's a positive for one player and it's a negative for another. I mean, you're talking about like a USC's in the city. Um, some players want to go to a small college town. You know, so then you're fighting an uphill battle with that player just because of, you know, there's, there's limitations with your school. A lot of people want to go to a city. So it just kind of depends. It seems like which every kid with every kid, you have to kind of, it's almost like being a politician. You're trying to shine a light on the positives of what that prospect is looking for, or his family is looking for his mother or whatever, and then kind of build that up with what's, you know, what's the positives that you can talk about. So it just seems like, you know, people think, oh, just this is just say this, and it's it's got to work differently for every player because everyone's different, personalities are different, 
the support staff around the player is different. And, it, and you really have to kind of know who your audience is and, and what you can talk about as far as what's, you know, making your program shine. You're exactly right. And, and one thing that I always felt is I'm going to recruit the same players USC recruits and UCLA recruits. I don't need them all. But there'll be one or two kids out there that don't qualify. Or there'll be one or two kids out there that do want to do what you say, go to a program that's building rather than a program that's established. Or you might be able to tell them that you have a great major at your school that isn't a doctor or a lawyer, but something that would fit into what they like. And then you tell them about a growing community where you're at a spot where you'll be able to get a job and live there and still be close enough where your family and friends can come and watch you play. There are so many different things, and all you need to do is not get them all, but just get a few. And when you get a few, these players all talk together, and they say, why are you going there? And they tell them why, and they say, maybe I'll go there too. Now, we only beat UCLA once or twice. Uh, one was Kirk Jones, a great running back out of Long Beach Poly, a five-star. We got him, but with him, with his recruiting ability, he brought other players with him, and we got a lot of notice. And people started to say, why are you going there? What's happening in Las Vegas? They're getting it done up there. Others are going. And we had an opportunity to beat other schools in the Pac-12. And then when we beat a couple of Pac-12 schools, then people say, well, hey, they beat that school. They beat Oregon State. And uh, and all of a sudden, you've got a program going, you know. Uh, and it's a little different recruiting to UNLV or where I've been than to U USC. Because when you knock on the door and you're from USC, the door opens. When you knock on the door from one of these other schools that I've worked at, they said to say, who is it? And eventually then you have to overcome who you are and form and have a relationship that it, now the kid is maybe not going to the school, but he's going to play for you. Like Jerry Tarkanian at UNLV. A lot of the players that played for Jerry Tarkanian at UNLV played for Jerry Tarkanian. Then they found out what school it was. Because of the reputation he had with kids and his philosophy and all of who you are as a person. And I think that's what happens to kids today. We have a question, Coach, from Nick from Cyprus uh, along the lines of recruiting. He said, hello, Sherojan fans. This is Nick from Cyprus first. I uh, hope, Ryan, you enjoyed your trip to Costa Rica. I did, Nick. Thank you. Uh, it was quick. Uh, a lot of travel, but, you know, it was good. Uh, my question is simple. Can you give us your final in-home visit speech to get a kid to sign to your school? Fight on. Love what you guys do. Uh, from Nick, what do you think, Coach? You got you got a speech in you for that final one. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> it 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 depended what the situation was. If I had to propose it a mother, I would. If but uh, <laughs> what whatever it took. Uh, every individual person is different, and uh, first thing I think is the trust. You've got to have the family trust you and believe you on who you are and what you're selling. And I think the number one thing, too, is saying you've raised this young man for 17, 18 years. Now, 
I know you care about him. You have more invested in him than anyone else. And you want to make sure that someone else will assume your responsibility and continue with what you've started to do with this young man and give him an opportunity to go on, of course, uh, get a degree, be a great athlete, and be a good person. And and you talk about the whole thing uh, as far as who you are. I was very fortunate that I coached high school football, community college football. I came through the community college ranks myself as a player. And I would tell them the story of how everything's not always easy, that you have to fight and believe in what you want to be and who you are. And depending on who we had to beat would be another part of my my speech as far as uh, what location and who that person is. And uh, we probably put a list together and, and compare the pluses and minuses of each area and uh, sort of make it a real factual thing like you're building a house and say it only makes sense that you come with us. And, uh, you know, it, it depends exactly who it is, who you're going against, all the different things. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's really not easy, but it's something that I enjoy doing. I love recruiting because I love to meet people. I love to go into home and meet the whole family. I mean, from the kids, the grandma to all of them. And I know that young people love their, their grandmas and their mothers and so on. And I used to love to sit with them and laugh and have fun. And, uh, they could tell I was having fun. I wasn't there just there for their son. I was there for the family. And, and that's just who I am. And I think people today really can read into that. And I think that's why you hear everyone always saying they like Coach Clay Help. Because he's a sincere person. If, if you go to a basketball game at USC, he isn't protected by bodyguards. I mean, at halftime, he takes pictures with people. He shakes people's hands. He does autographs. Hey, I haven't seen that for a long time at USC. I haven't. Every game I've gone to, he's been there if he can be there. I mean, that's special. But his whole family, that's special when you support the other programs. So uh, that word gets around. It isn't like it's a big secret. And people find out who's for real and who's really who really cares or who talks it. And uh, and uh, you know I've got to stop there because we'll do the whole show on that. I'm glad you mentioned that, Coach, because that's um, when you and you know for Nick's question, yeah, I think it's different. Your speech is going to be different depending on what you're trying to sell. If it's a long time commit and you're trying to you know make sure it doesn't go anywhere, it's a different speech than someone that's committed elsewhere or undecided, and you're trying to talk them into coming to your school. I mean, I think it really depends. And like I said, everyone, you know, you have different personalities, different strengths, and you should, you know, be, you know, be yourself. And if you're selling like the family kind of atmosphere and that's what you felt strongly about, it would work. And I think that's what Clay Helton does too here, where it's like a, I mean, everyone you talk to is say how genuinely nice of a guy he is. That's what he's selling to recruits. And I think, you know, even if a, an 18 year old, 17 year old isn't, you know, all that enthralled by something like that. His parents usually are, his mom is, and they feel comfortable about sending their kid, uh, to a coach like that. So, I mean, everyone coach, every coach has different strengths and weaknesses and all of that. But I think you hit the nail on the head as far as one of Clay Helton's is that 
that Southern charm, that genuinely, he's just such a genuinely nice guy. You feel like you can trust what he's saying. And I think that's what he uses to help close. And if they had closed strong again on signing day this year, just like they did last year, that's probably one of the big reasons why. I agree. You know, you hear the statement, he's a player's coach. I think he is. I was called a player's coach. My players came before anybody else, okay? Uh, I would stand up for them, and I used to say they're innocent until proven guilty. Well, that's what it's all about, okay? So I think he's sort of that type of guy. And I don't know him that well, but every time I see him, he talks with me. We have fun. We tweet each other. I mean, uh, we've formed a... I'm not saying a close relationship, but a respectable relationship between each other. We talk about things that probably he wouldn't talk about with you, Ryan, but he does with me, and I tell him things that I think, that, and he listens to it and respects what I have to say. And I think he's that type of person. He's a touchable person. Some head coaches put themselves where they're on some type of tower coaching where, you know, he, when he wants to jump off, he can just jump off and land and uh, walks on water. Well, that works, depending where you are. And players play because they've read so much about you and hear who you are and, and all this and that, and they want to be involved, but you never really get to know your coach. You leave there not really knowing who he is, or you never go in his office, or the only time you go in his office, you used to be fearful, but you knew you were in trouble. I want him to come in my office just to see me. How you doing, Coach? How you doing? You talked to your mom lately? No. Uh, I wanted to call her about something anyway. Come on in. Maybe you can say hi to her. All of these type of things make you and make kids realize, hey, you really care about my mom or my sister or my family. You do. And, uh, you know, you talk to some kids and they say, I really never knew the head coach I played for. But the only time we went in there, is when we were in trouble. Now that isn't good, but that that's the way it is. And uh, and uh, I don't think you can be successful today like that. But some are. Um, we had a question from Don, Coach, and uh, let me um, let me read it for you. I'll, I'll answer the first part and then kind of get your thoughts. He said, "Can a blue shirt enroll for summer school, or does he have to wait until the fall term?" And so he's talking about blue shirt. You know, we we've gone over this number of times before they USC calls it an advanced scholarship. It's basically someone that can come in and, and be on a scholarship play for your current year, but they count towards next class. So instead of counting towards 2017, they would count towards 2018. USC has one uh, player that's going to blue shirt. Um, and he goes on to say, what if a blue shirt paid for a summer class? Could he then attend practice in the summer? So basically how the blue shirt works is um, they, they are not going to be on campus uh, officially until Fall camp starts. They can be given a scholarship the second day of fall camp. They can come out to the unofficial summer workouts, but they're not part of the team until then. So, um, if they, if they came to summer school, it'd be something they're paying for themselves. So there's no, they don't have any kind of scholarship or any kind of official, you know, relationship with the university, uh, on the football team until the second day of fall camp. So once, you, once that happens, then they can be given a scholarship and it counts towards next year's class. Their head count counts towards the 85 currently, and they can play in the current class. So we saw that with Stevie Tuikolovatu. He blue-shirted uh, last year. Uh, so he could, he came in and played right away, uh, even though his 
scholarship is counting towards 2017. So this class, USC can take one fewer person, um, for, because of him, uh, on Wednesday. So hopefully that kind of makes some sense. Um, and then you can chime in, coach, if you want. But he also, he goes on to say, if I'm assuming Michigan is a state school, I'm somewhat surprised that the school would allow Jim Harbaugh to take the entire team to play to Italy for spring break. Uh, he is becoming bigger than the school. That's Don. So, Coach, any thoughts on blue shirts or that Michigan thing going to Italy? No, I like the blue shirt because uh, some kids really want to go to USC and they're willing to do that. And if you do it properly, you're able to enlarge your class, especially if it's a position that's needed. The kid that's doing it, I think, uh, for USC this year is a potentially great player. And if he needs to go to summer school, his family can't afford to send it. Send him there. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity for kids as far as if they really want to go to school, like at USC, to, to be able to take advantage of the blue shirt. And uh, there's advantages and non-advantages, like you said, but uh, it's just a, depending on how bad you want to be a Trojan. You're, you're able to sacrifice to become a Trojan. And uh, I think sometimes it makes you more hungry. And you really count on those kids more, but you know they really want to come. And and I like that. As far as Jim Harbaugh and what he's doing, I think it's getting to be a joke in a way. I respect him as a coach. I think he's a great coach. And I think he works really, really hard. He's always trying to find ways to do something different to, and be ahead of what the Southeastern Conference rules are, the NCAA rules and for satellites and programs and spring practices and all of that, now he's going to Italy for three days or whatever, Rome, and then have spring practice. That's great. Uh, I mean, but, you know, it's I, I think it's a waste of time. I think it's great for your kids as far as being able to see the world and you can use it in recruiting and all this and that. But are you really getting the three days' work you need in, in spring practice? See, spring practice to me, is they're all important days. Now, are you taking your sleds there? Do they have sleds there? Are you, do you have all your medical equipment there? you have all the things there? Are you going to hit when you're there? Are you going to just go put on a clinic when you're there? What are you going to try to accomplish when you're there? See, I don't want to take one of my 15 days and waste them. You only have so many days to practice, and so many days to get better during the off season, And I'm not sure I'd want to do it. Am I going to benefit more from that or benefit more being on campus, getting great practices in, and doing that. So me, I'd weigh weigh it back and forth and try to decide if my energies would be better spent on campus than traveling to Italy. That's me. That's me. But uh, Harbaugh, how can you criticize him, you know? He's very successful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure they'll change the rule. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they always yeah, make then, the... then, they, then they're going to take him out of space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk can fly them all to Mars. Um, that would be good. Okay. Let's see. Tarek had a question, coach. You said, in your experience, which position has the easiest transition from high school to college and which one has the hardest transition? I would say a skilled athlete, a uh, skilled position, running back, receiver, probably has the easiest because if you're a great athlete, you can perform. Yes, you have to learn a lot of things as far as blocking rules and reading secondaries and so on. But today, 
with all the camps and everything these kids have been through playing football since they were kids, they learn quicker and they learn this on the lower levels. The more physical part of the game is where the biggest adjustment is, is when somebody's going to hit you back, when before you've just been bigger than someone else and no one's really hit you in the mouth or tried to run by you full speed if you're a tackle trying to block a defensive end and you've never seen that before. I think that's where the biggest adjustments are in the offensive line. And, of course, as a quarterback, there's so much to learn and be a leader. Sam Darnold's sort of a freak and being able to do it like he did it. And uh, I would say probably the offensive line is the toughest. Defensive line, you can line up and do something wrong, and if you make the tackle, everybody cheers, okay? But I think that the offensive line is probably the most difficult thing to master. Yeah, it's uh, that seems to be where more players redshirt coach. So I, th- I think if you look at the redshirting, typically offensive linemen do. It's a bigger deal when a, a freshman offensive lineman plays. It's not as big a deal when a, a wide receiver plays as a freshman or a running back. It just seems like that's easy to do. So I think that's a good point there. No, it, it is. And remember, when you're when you're a football coach, where do you put your best players on defense? You're more you're more athletic players. As far as guys that can come off the edge or rush the pass or pursue or basically run. When you watch most of the offensive linemen, they really can't run. I mean, they're big guys that are more or less like a, like a wall. And they sort of push you around and get in your way. So the greatest part of the athlete, the athletes are on the defensive line and, and end guys and linebackers. Well, your big block houses are on the offensive line. That's why you don't see the trapping game as much as you used to, uh, where they used to trap inside, because these guys can't move that quickly to, to trap anybody. So as far as the inside trap, zero and one hole. So, uh, you know, that's what I would say. I would say that. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, the, uh, senior bowl was going on let's see and so stevie tuikolovato who we talked about as blue shirting and uh um zach banner uh were both over there jim wrote in and said love the program keep up the good work i saw an interview with stevie tuikolovato at the senior bowl he said he was working hard and trying to uphold the image of quote-unquote trojan nation uh i like that uh why don't we use it more it's great for recruiting miami players identify themselves as coming to the u ohio state Players say they graduated from the Ohio State. Why not promote the handle Trojan Nation? It gives a certain uh, distinct uh, uh, distinctness to USC. Is that? What? I think that's what he was saying here. Um, yeah, Coach. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I definitely had. I think we. I retweeted somebody that was saying Trojan Nation because you hear like Red Sox Nation and different uh, sports programs say that. And I got some tweets that were like, "Don't do that. That's not what USC does." So. Just so you know, Jim, there's some people that don't like uh, Trojan Nation, but I don't know if you have any thoughts, Coach. Well, coaches start those things. If you hear uh, Dabo, 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 Sweeney, uh, Tiger Nation, uh, you hear people talking about uh, this a lot when you're excited, you're emotional, and you make these statements as far as keeping everybody involved in the program and so on. It's an emotional type of thing. 
Clay Helton is not really that I've been around an emotional type of uh, person where he, after his press conferences, you know, he's, I, I don't think I've ever heard him raise his voice much, not even on the practice field. Or I watch him during the game, he's more or less composed. Every person has their way of doing it. You can't do it like somebody else. Maybe someday there'll be a coach at USC that rallies everybody. We're putting a fence around the state. This is our state. Stay out of it. You're trespassing. You know, there's a lot of different slogans that coaches start and everybody picks up on it. So there are a lot of programs that use the nation. You know, we're this nation and that nation and everything else. So it's just something that, you know, a slogan that people use and talk about. And I don't know if SC will ever do it, but that's how it starts. You know, it's funny. I was just listening before we did our show, Coach. I was listening to uh, Colin Cowherd on my way into my office here. And he was kind of making fun of the Atlanta. They're down in uh, um, Houston for the Super Bowl for this week. And he was kind of making fun of the Atlanta Falcons. I, they have some kind of slogan. I don't remember what it is. And he's like, do you hear Alabama have a slogan? Or do you hear the New England Patriots have a slogan? Like, if you're there and you expect to be there, you don't need a slogan. You don't need a, um, you know, not in this house or whatever, you know, some kind of whatever the slogans are. It was, it was kind of a funny take. Like if you, if you're just always expecting to be a championship caliber team, you're not coming up with a slogan because you're there all the time. You wouldn't come up with a new slogan every year. So I thought that was kind of an interesting take. Well, you know, I know, you know, Colin very well. And I, and I've known Colin for a long time when he was in Las Vegas is, uh, he followed and covered our team. He was an anchor. I think it, I'm guessing ABC. I can't remember. And, uh, and you know, you know, what's good for him is maybe not good for us. He comes up with things and says things. In fact, Dabo, what is it, Dabo or Dabo? Dabo Sweeney ripped him, if you remember, after the (laughs) national championship game. I mean, just ripped him about because he had said something about who's Clemson and this and that, and they don't have a chance. And and he, he just ripped Collins. You know, Colin, but that's why Colin's Colin. That's why you know who Colin is. And remember, a lot of these guys that do talk radio come out with these outlandish things so we can repeat it right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's marketing. It's really marketing. And you know Colin. He's a great guy, but and he's a very intelligent person. And he's witty. And uh, he knows what he's talking about. But a lot of these times he gets off going rolling and, and maybe later on, he's sorry he says those things. You know what I mean, buddy? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, if a, if a head coach at the championship thing calls you out, that's that's good for you. You want that? It wasn't like he did it. You know, he called them a fraud earlier in the season, yeah. and uh, yeah, didn't like that. But a lot of a lot of athletes were like, that's just one of those words you don't say. You know, like an umpire, you can like yell at an umpire, but there's certain words you can't say because that's going to get you kicked out. And I think that was one of those words, like a fraud. Like if you say they're not playing up to expectations, they, you know, they almost lost all these games because they almost did. I mean, I, I get his point, but I think the word fraud is what they got him on. Um, well, enough about Colin. We'll, we'll try to get Colin back on. He's down in, uh, the Super Bowl, but after, after signing day, he loves talking USC recruiting. So we'll get him on one of the shows. Um, Jeff in Fountain Valley wrote and he said, I just caught a glimpse of the new schedule. So this is the, the Pac-12 released all of the team schedules. This was a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, coach, I don't think we've had you on since 
to talk about, so I wanted to get this question into you. He said, I know everybody is moaning about the lack of a bye week, but here are some things about the schedule that I find favorable. He said, first, most of the toughest games are home games, especially early in the season. Helton has shown um, he knows how to take use that to his advantage. There's no Thursday games. And if you have to play a road game on a short week, wouldn't you want to do it against Washington State? My biggest concern is visiting Colorado in November um, and looking forward to the, the schedule getting analyzed on the next podcast. Thanks for all you guys do. Fight on, Jeff in Fountain Valley. Well, I tell you, um, you know, buys are something. You, uh, as a coach, I hated to buy. Okay. Oh, really? Because, yeah, if you're winning, you don't want to change your routine. I mean, everybody's used to getting up. Everybody's used to being this. Everybody's used to doing that. Now, if you're all beat up and your quarterback needs another week to get well, but you can't predict what week that's going to be, then that's great for you. But I used to hate buys. I hated them. We used to, uh, I like I like to get in a routine. I like to get in a roll. I like to keep rolling. Now, you can have a bye week during the season and you miss a little recruiting here and there. But remember, you have a whole week to recruit during the playoffs when you when you have when you finish your season earlier and if USC does win the Pac-12 South they'll have an extra week week to prepare for the Pac-12 championship game they can be able to watch the uh, the North teams play and if and uh, be able to evaluate a little bit more and get a little bit rested up for the Pac-12 championship game and maybe save your legs a little bit and play well and so there's some positive things uh, now, of course, uh, uh, you know, some people like a buy. I never like to buy. And I think that if you talk to most coaches, uh, if, if they don't like a buy when things are going well, they, they don't like them. You're scared. Kids go home, uh, on a, you gotta give them a time, but they go home on Thursday after practice and they go back to their high schools and they travel and they come back tired. And you don't know if they're going to come back, uh, without being, you know, something always, uh, did everybody make it back? Someone normally doesn't make it back. And then you have to spend time running them or, or the planes were delayed or it's just another headache. Okay. It's just another thing to disrupt preparation for the next week. You got to get back into the rhythm and the game planning and the whole thing. And you're out recruiting and you're off campus. I, I don't like it. So if you ask most coaches, I would say they would say, rather keep playing. If we're healthy, I'd rather keep playing and have that extra time at the end of the year to prepare for when it really counts. So you're not a fan of the buys. All right. Uh, uh-huh. a, lot of, a lot of coaches uh-huh. want to have them. So, okay. Yeah, I, I agree with the take that there's some stupid stuff, um, like the two road games with the Friday game and stuff, um, and no bye weeks. But – Overall, if you look at it, I mean, it's, it sets up fairly, you know, fairly well, uh, for USC. You got to win some of those early games. You got to beat Texas, of course, Stanford at home. Um, but you know, you do those and you got, you got to win over Texas and Stanford after the first month of the season. Uh, you should be on a roll and the team's already going to start ranked high. Uh, you lose one of those games and then, you know, you're going to be climbing back up, but they'll, it'll, they'll be a contender, especially if they can start off strong with some wins against some good competition. Um, well, you know, I wasn't talking about now who they play early and this and that. I'm just talking about a bye. But, you know, 
USC's at a point right now, Ryan, where you got to play those people. They know you're pretty good, and you know they're pretty good, okay? And, uh, you know, you ended up third in the country. So people are going to put you on their calendar, okay? So you got to put them on your calendar. And you say, hey, this is going to be fun. We're going to go after somebody that wants us. But we want them more. And that's where you got to play. And you got Texas at home, and you got Stanford at home. Yeah, they're good football teams, but heck, I'll tell you right now, the USC will be favored in both games, and they should be, okay? And they better get after it. That's where I look at it. Tark had a question along with the bye week. He said, with no bye week, will this force Clancy Pendergast to have a true two deep that substitutes more often? No. No, you're going to substitute. You're not going to play a player unless unless that substitution player can play. I'm never going to put a guy in the field that can't play, okay? Uh, yeah, you might be able to get somebody in there, a player too, but hey, when you play at this level of competition, you got to get your players on the field. That's why you have to have the depth that you have at this level if you're going to play national championship type of football. And this is why everybody was is talking about the numbers USC is going to have. Yeah, numbers don't mean anything unless they're quality. And right now they're building up some quality. If they get some great defensive linemen in here, as they should, get that other running back they need, a bigger running back, fill in here or there, get a couple of bookends. Hey, then you got some players. You've got the players on campus already. They just got to step up and become that player. And I think that's what spring practice is all about. And then you've got to have depth at these positions. But you just can't put a guy in the game because you got to rotate people. You got to put players on the field. The game is won with players. And that's why recruiting is so good. Hey, I'll coach the whole team if I've got the best players. And I got to motivate them. I've got to keep them eligible. I've got to make them reach their potential and play like players and play for what we're worth and why you came here. Hey, you don't go to USC to take second. You don't go to USC not to go to the Rose Bowl. You go there because you expect to go there. And I think that's exactly the philosophy that Coach Helton, Lynn Swan, and the philosophy of the people that follow USC expect. And that's what I think they're trying to work towards. All right, Coach, we've got one last one for you uh, from Res2. Uh, he says, love the show. Well, thank you. Uh, am I right in saying Helton, Clay Helton, is undefeated at home and in the Rose Bowl, UCLA and Penn State? since becoming the head coach. This makes me feel really good about the upcoming season where our toughest games, Stanford, Utah, UCLA, and Texas, by the way, he puts UCLA in all lowercase letters every time he writes it, uh, are at home. So Stanford, Utah, UCLA, Texas, all at home. Seems to me Helton knows how to get a team up to defend their house slash town. Coach, is there a difference in approach or prep to get a team ready for a home game versus an away game and where do you see us finishing the season, uh, record-wise or bowl-wise? Fight on uh, from Res 2. Well, I don't know if I can answer uh, all of those questions, but last year's team isn't going to have anything to do with this season. And I, I'd make sure that's a point right now. Uh, and these players have got to understand, that team that won the Rose Bowl last year, hey, that isn't your season. You know, you're going to get a ring for that, but that ain't going to help you one bit on this season. You better uh, get started. Uh, you've had an experience. Do you want the experience again? 
or you want to be one of those other guys that are watching them. And you got to start that experience right now telling them that last year's nine-win season at the end of the game, straight wins and a Rose Bowl victory, doesn't have a thing to do with what we're doing now. So you got to get your team ready to play one game at a time and get yourself back, and you don't want to start the way you started last year. You want to start the way you finished next year. Now, do you like the way you started last year, or do you like the way you finished last year? Well, you guys will determine that, and we as coaches will determine that, and that would be my off-season cry as far as it is football team. As far as how this team will finish, I think they've had the taste of success now, and they like going to class after a victory. They like being around and coming out of the locker room after a victory. They like the feeling of winning. But they've got to earn that feeling of winning. Someone isn't just going to say, oh, well, here they come and, and uh, you know, get it done. I would be telling my team, as I told them all, I'm trying to put all of you on the bench. I'm out recruiting right now. If you allow me to bring in a player that beats you out next year, that's your fault, not mine, because I'm trying to make us better. So you better get in the weight room, and you better do whatever you need to do to get yourself better and, and eligible so that you can compete. Because my job now is to go out there and get all five stars, all four stars, all whatever it takes to put all of you guys on the bench, because then we got better. And I would let them know that. And we would, you know, I would do it in a friendly way, but I'd be serious. And I'm serious when I say it on the podcast. You, only way you continue with this is to get better. And uh, you've got to get your players in the right position, and you've got to get great recruits. You've got to continue coaching. You can't assume anything. You've got to work harder than you've ever worked before to maintain the excellence of what you want as a program. And you still uh, are creative, and you know there's ways you can improve as a coach in everything you do. And you got help the media by getting a new box to stand in and practice. <laughs> you, allow, you allow us to roam around, right, Ryan? Yeah, just I like you throw that one in there at the end. That was good. <laughs> That's my major gripe. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever you're talking to Coach Helton, you just got to slide that in the conversation. Like, Coach, here's, here's what we're going to do. You know, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him if that's his idea, whose idea that is. <laughs> and I'm asking Lynn Swan that too. I am. Nice. I'm going to find out where that came from, man. I don't. I know they didn't get that from anybody. It just became a thing somehow. It did. It's did. It's like put these idiots all in this area. We know where they are. <laughs> all right, Coach. Well, great stuff. Uh, thanks for coming on before signing day, and I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy your Wednesday. And uh, we'll be we'll be covering it, of course, on USAFootball.com. So everyone check it out, and we'll be all over it. So thanks again, Coach, for coming on. Thank you, Babe. Oh, I think you cut out there, Coach. Did you say something? Yeah, I said, Cat, thank you, Babe. Oh, thank you, Babe. <laughs> okay. It was just it was kind of abrupt. I was like, oh, all right. Um, that's Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Don't forget, check out the site on USAFootball.com. We're going to have a little gathering at the lab uh, for lunch on Wednesday. So check it out. I'll be there. We'll get some team members there and hope you guys can come out and say hello. So thanks again for coming, for listening to the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. 
Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.